John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees, and every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with, must share with anyone that has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not exhort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize with water, but he, one who is more powerful than I, is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat from into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Please pray with me. Lord God, Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts as we continue to prepare in this Advent season be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our salvation. Amen. Okay, Jerry, number three. Okay. Jerry and I had this conversation this morning, early this morning, and I said to him, I have three sermons fooling around in my head. Since he has to go through all three services, I figure I have to change them occasionally. (laughs) Christmas isn't far away, is it? And in spite of the weather that we have, it's not far off. And let me ask you a question. What expectations do you have this year for Christmas? What are your expectations for the next few days? Is a gathering of family? Are those expectations what you might get? Or are those expectations what you might give? Uh huh. There are all kinds of expectations that kind of come at this time of the year. And I want to put you back a little bit in your life. I don't want you to think about when you were parents, because most of you can remember what you were like as parents, or even grandparents. I want you to think back when you were younger than that. And I want to ask you a question. Did your parents or did somebody have expectations of you, and how well have you lived up to those expectations? This is when, I wish I had this camera. 
I am going to want to design this camera one day and I hope to have it and to be able to use it. It would be a camera that I could put out and look at all of you and then over your head would come all the thoughts that are in your head. (laughs) Oh, it would be so much fun when I asked that question and to see those answers. I had a grandmother who, when they came over to this country from over in Slovakia, they, led, they settled in a little town in Illinois called Livingston, Illinois. It was a coal mining town. And in that coal mining town, my grandmother ran a little country store, which was part of the house. We really loved to visit that grandmother. And when she learned that I was going to the University of Missouri and I was going to take courses in computer science, which she had no idea what that meant. But she also knew I was going to have a secondary degree in business administration. She got all excited because she thought, here's somebody that's going to run the store. (laughs) And she was the most excited And she had all these expectations of me and it was one of the glorious things for her until one day I came into her her, and I said, Grandma, I'm going to the seminary. And you can imagine what happened with Grandma. All those hopes and expectations she had went In fact, I can remember several years after that, while I was still going through the seminary, et cetera, et cetera, before I was ordained, every time I would see her, she would ask me the three-letter question. That's it. Why? She had all those hopes and expectations of me and sometimes hopes and expectations that we have just don't turn out what we want them to be, do they? Congregation, you have hopes and expectations for this afternoon. Oh, again, I wish I had a camera. (laughs) And I could see the thoughts about all of you. What are your hopes and expectations in calling a new pastor? What are your hopes and expectations that that person will be like or will do? And by the way, and I think Pastor Bob can answer this one for me with this, those of us who have been through the call process also have hope and expectations that way. And wouldn't you like to see that up here? And you'd know which candidate to choose, wouldn't you? (laughs) Hopes and expectations, they're a part of our lives, they affect us, sometimes they change who we are, sometimes we become disappointments to others, sometimes they challenge us. And in this season of Advent, as we get closer and closer to Christmas, what are the expectations we have about this time of the year? As I kiddingly said at the beginning, is it just about what's going to happen that day? Or is it more than that? I don't know about Pastor Bob, but I really enjoy the gospel reading for today. 
The reason I enjoy the gospel reading for today is that every pastor that I know would love to walk up to the congregation and say, you brood of vipers. I'd get away with it. You brood of vipers, what's wrong with you? What are you holding on to? What makes you think you're so special? You know, those of you that have served on church councils and all the rest, does that make you special than somebody? Is that what you hold on to? Or is it because you've been a Lutheran all your life that makes you so special? You know, brood of vipers, what's wrong with you? Don't you know, John says, that Jesus could have, with a word, just lifted up more people? You can't fall back on that. For living as God's people, the expectation is that we will live as his people. I think it's fascinating when you go through this whole gospel reading, and and this is where that phrase comes in, if you haven't caught it by now, and it's one of my favorite phrases in this gospel, outside of you brood of vipers, is as the people were filled with expectation. What were they filled with expectation about? They thought the Messiah had come. They thought maybe in John that Messiah was to be. And did you listen to what John challenged them to be? And I think sometimes we're even uncomfortable with the challenges of John. Remember, they say to him, what then should we do? If we can't be good people and if we don't live as good people and if all the service we gave to the church and all that stuff doesn't count, what then should we do? And John says, well, how many coats you got in your closet? I can't wait for Carol and I to unpack all the stuff that's in storage. How many coats do you have? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I don't know. Okay. You only need how many? One. What are you going to do with the rest? Give to somebody that's less fortunate. How about all that food we got? You know, I watched, I was fascinated the other day watching the whole thing about those, you know, those expiration things? And how much food we throw away because we don't understand those dates? That when a manufacturer puts on their best buy, it doesn't mean on that date it just gets thrown out? That for some foods that can be another year at least? What do we do with all that blessings that God has given to us? Do we share it with others? And then this other one, which, you know, oh, I love the tax collectors. Can't you imagine? Anybody here work for the IRS? I didn't think so. You probably wouldn't raise your hand anyway. Back then, the tax collectors decided whatever tax they wanted, they would collect. 
If it was to be $50, they might charge $100. And they kept $50 for themselves. Be honest. (coughs) Be honest in integrity in the work that we do. Don't take advantage of who we are, but live to serve. And the same thing with the, with the soldiers at this point. What did the soldiers do? They intimidated. They threatened. Come on. Live. Those are the expectations. And whether you read them here in John, or whether we go back and hear the words of Jesus in so many different ways, as he tells us to live as his people, whether it's through the Beatitudes or whatever, there's a phrase that I'm going to tell you right now that some of you will be uncomfortable with, but that's okay. The phrase that John is trying to say, the expectation that Jesus says, the expectation that God has for each one of us is simply this. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about living. It's about proclaiming. It's about living the expectations of what God has done already for us. I'm ready to change the baptismal service, by the way, after I read this. I think in most of our baptismal services, we know we have water. But I think we need some fire. Why? Well, fire is a sign of the Holy Spirit. But fire just does something to us, doesn't it? Whether whether it's a fire in a fireplace or whether it's whatever it is, it just somehow... Well, it kind of raises that adrenaline or whatever is in you. It lifts us up. And you know that's what we need to realize for ourselves, that the expectation of God, even in our baptism with the gift of the Holy Spirit, is to challenge us to live as God's people. You just can't, excuse me, rest on your laurels. But our challenge is to live. Remember I said It's not about you. It's about who lives in us and who challenges us to live as his people. Let's be honest with ourselves. In this year of 2015, there's a lot of fear floating around in our lives, isn't there? There's a lot of stuff that's happening around us that we seem totally out of control over. And what should we do? Circle the wagons? Is that what we should do? Or have we forgotten the expectation of the message that came? You have heard me say it over and over again, and in the next few weeks I will repeat that word over and over again to you. And the angels came to them and said, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Wow. And if that isn't enough for you, and if that doesn't help us get through some of the stuff we've got to get through, whether it's personally in our lives or whether it is the community of faith or whether it is as a nation, read the words of the second lesson today as they were so well read. 
St. Paul, where is he? He's in prison. St. Paul, who doesn't know whether he's going to live or die. St. Paul, who is locked up because of his faith. What does he say? Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. And how does it go? Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And oh boy, this next sentence, I don't know what Paul was thinking about. He really must have been, I'm not sure. And he says, don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, and my friends, there's a phrase tacked onto that that I want us always to hear, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Whoa. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Bing. And Jesus said to them, And lo, I am with you occasionally. Uh uh-uh. uh. And Jesus said to them, And lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Expectation. Advent, Christmas, our lives. Remember what they did to him. Have you forgotten? Maybe that's why we have to go through the church year every year. What did they try to do to him? They tried to wipe him out, didn't they? They thought they had won on that Good Friday, didn't they? In some of the most deepest and darkest moments of life, they thought they had won. But what was God's expectation? On the third day, he rose again and brought life. And that's what he gives to you and to me. That's Advent expectations. So when you come up here this morning, and we have this privilege again of partaking of this meal, This isn't just simple bread and wine. This is the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is an assurance that our sins are forgiven, but this is more than that. This is that gift that gives us the ability to face all that we face. And so Advent expectations, they're here. They're God's expectations. And when God has expectations, He fulfills them. And so, my friends, as we go into this season and as we draw closer to that day, may your hopes and your dreams be in the expectations God has for each one of us. In his name and all God's people say, Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, now and forevermore. Amen. Please stand, if you are able, for the hymn of the day.